Ari again from Media Law Group, and uh, we are on the show for the Sex Lies Lawyers episode two. Today we have another guest from Las Vegas, actually one of my friends, Evan Bellman, that is a broker. We are going to talk about some issues and the legal issues actually that she, he had, and also some other irrelevant things that possibly is interesting as well in the coming uh, conversation and uh, this episode. So let's ask Evan, welcome to my show. Actually, you are on the Sex Lies Lawyer, uh, Sex Lies and the Lawyers. Yeah. Thank you, Sam. So uh, tell me about yourself, Evan, sure. a little bit. Yeah. <clears throat> so look, um, I moved to Vegas in 1995 uh, from Maryland. So I came out here, I was, uh, I was uh, not even 18 yet, 17 years old. So I came out to go to uh, UNLV and um, so I graduated uh, hotel administration, and uh, so I start start working right away at uh, MGM Resorts. At that time, it was Mirage Resorts. Mirage so I started with a um, part time like this, with a headset on, taking reservations in the call center, uh, worked my way up, national marketing manager, national marketing analyst, administrator, etc. I was actually on the host on the casino floor as a host for a little bit. Um, you know, back in those days these director positions were pretty hard to get. You weren't just placed yeah, in them, right? Yeah, still a hard to get, <laughs> <laughs> believe me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, so, so uh, it came time, they had just merged with Mandalay Resorts, and they said, okay, uh, the boss, big boss came and said, to my boss, what does Evan not know, right? And he said, he doesn't understand casino credit. So they put me on the floor as a casino host to understand casino credit. What's that? So casino credit is um, when a, a, a player wants to come in and draw and establish a credit line to play off of. Oh, so okay. there's cash customers and there's casino customer, um, credit customers. They run your credit too. <laughs> it, yeah, it's like a loan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, that, and that's that's the difficult part is you know as a host you're given uh, lots of power, a lot of power, a lot of authority, um, and you have to earn your way to be able to grant credit lines. So you literally go through credit class to understand how to read a credit report, looking at the you know what's what's a good score. Um, what what outstanding debts do they have? Um, what's what's their employment? What's their what's their history look like? All kind of things that you take into consideration. Wow, interesting. <clears throat> um, and so it's it's not to be taken lightly. So yeah, you can. I mean, when I ultimately left the the casino business, I was um I was able. What to year was it that you left the casino business? I left uh, for good in uh, two thousand and um, let's see. Well, for good, good, two thousand and nineteen. Twenty nineteen. What was your position in the casino and which casino? So um, throughout the years, uh, I ultimately left the, the casino world. I was vice president of regional marketing for MGM Resorts. Um, what that entailed is uh, I, my office was located in Century City, Beverly Hills area, um, and MGM has branch offices throughout the country. And their job is to focus um, and send business to all the properties within Las Vegas mm -hmm. and also the surrounding properties in the regional areas. So my job in LA and surrounding was to funnel business from that area to all the properties in Vegas. Wow, interesting. And as a casino floor, actually, or a supervisor, or you work in the casino industries, okay, let's talk about the uh, risk factors and also the claims, okay? We are, I'm a lawyer, okay? Yeah. I take the case of the casinos, okay? A lot of, I have with MGM, okay? Uh, other places, okay? <laughs> Win and other uh, casinos in Las Vegas. Incidents happens, and sometimes they are not their uh, negligence that causes it. Sometimes it's the client. Sometimes sure. they are negligent, okay? There are good cases, bad cases, frivolous claims, non-frivolous claims, actually, against the casinos for the slip and fall or the assault and battery sure. or other uh, um, negligent security sometimes. So tell me, uh, when you were at those casinos, actually, were you dealing with this kind of claims as well? You were familiar with this kind of cases? 
Well, I mean, look, it hap- if it happened in, in to my area, which was national marketing, which is mm-hmm. kind of table games is what it's called. So, you know, at, at, at one point when I was at Bellagio, I had 110 employees. So, yes, if it was in my department, that would that would fall through me. Um, in Monte Carlo, I was on the executive committee, so I saw some, some even some more things. So, yeah, to answer your question, um, if it was within my, my department, it would come to me first, and then, okay, where does it go from there, depending on, you know, what the situation was, is risk, risk management involved, is general counsel involved, you know, what did an employee, with an employee or without an employee, you know, what, what's the level of the guest? Because look, if it's a million dollar customer, that case is gonna get treated differently in, in the beginning versus, mm-hmm. you know, a, a, a retail guest that came in and was just having dinner in the restaurant that's looking to try and gain something, you know? It, Are you familiar with that case that the Cosmopolitan Marquis actually got, uh, jury awarded a verdict of 180 million against the security at the Marquis Club against Marky actually for that uh, high-profile uh, guest at the Marky. Are you familiar with that case? What happened? Not, not that case particular, but look, it doesn't surprise me, right? Like, yes, like, there was a claim of the concussion, and that person lost a lot of income and capacity to earn in that case, actually. And the jury awarded a very hefty, actually, uh, award. I don't remember it was how much, but it was around hundred. And, uh, wow. 50 and above, actually. I, I don't know. They sell it after the jury award, I think, but it's confidential how much they sell it sure. for before the appeal. But uh, those cases happening, have you seen during your um, employment with the casinos, actually, that such any of these cases, like the sexual harassment, like the uh, a slip and fall, or the assault and battery or negligent security or excessive force by the casino employees. Have you seen any of those, any incidents that you remember or you heard about it? Well, I'll, give, I'll do you one better. And uh, I think I'm at liberty to talk to this because I won't speak to this. I won't mention any names or, or particular, yes. but um, at one of the resorts that I was at, uh, I actually got called into, um, like a call by detective, right? Mm-hmm. Um, called me down and said, you know, is this so-and-so? And I said, yeah. And he goes, um, we have a case that's uh, regarding um, two people that you work with at the, at the property, and we need to speak to you. And I was called off You guard. were shocked. Yeah, yeah. I was like, what are you talking that, about? You, yeah. you were a witness or something to something? No, so uh, it Or they out, wanted to snitch on them. It was my boss, my old boss, right, uh-huh. that had moved on to another property that there was a sexual harassment claim being brought against him. Between him and one of the other executives that reported to him. Okay, and the underlying employees actually yeah. <laughs> on their level. Okay, so and they, what they ask? I mean, they, you name it, everything. Um, it was you know it was quite some time ago, but they just wanted to know what what's the the um, the meaning of their relationship? How much interaction do they have? Were they ever alone? Did you ever see them together? Did, did, you, did anything ever seem off to you? Was there any charges as a result of that investigation? So here's what happens. Um, at that level, uh, the level that this individual is at, you don't hear anything after that. Yeah, right? like, usually they sell it right away. It depends on because of the bad reputation and the bad publicity usually. It, it didn't make it out. I mean, when I went... Um, but he was fired as well or no? He, he, was, <laughs> he wasn't even at that property anymore. He was already moved on. To another property yeah. to, uh, to protect the victim, actually, possibly. I don't know if it was that. You know, there was a lot of movement at that time, and it could have just been timing. Or, you know, he, he, he went to that property, and this individual person stayed at the property that we were at. So the, were, were they mad they didn't get to go with him? And go mm-hmm. to a, it was a bigger property. It was a promotion. So there's some kind of you know frivolous stuff like that going on. Like, hey, wait a second. Why didn't he take me with him? We kind of have this relationship going on, and he left me here. 
So who knows if that was really the situation? Yeah, you don't. You don't know really no. behind the scene actually what's going on. Do you remember that whether there was any lawsuit filed? Well, she was suing him. Yes, she was suing him. It was him. a suing or claiming anything. There was a lawsuit. She was. There suing was a him. lawsuit public record. Yeah, she was suing him, and and obviously at that point, you know, the general counsel of the property takes over, right? So yes. I had to get involved with that. I mean, I was, I mean, I was, you know, I was pretty young at that time, so I kind of taken back. I was like, scared the shit out of me, really. You know, I didn't know what was going on, and what do I tell him? What do I, you know, like, you know, what are you supposed to do? Yeah. It's your boss. That's a reality that <laughs> happens, and sometimes they are true, and possibly, yeah. So tell me about uh, your current job. What do you do? Yeah. So right now I'm I'm in luxury luxury real estate. You know, when I got out of the casino, I'd always I'd always done real estate, enjoyed real estate throughout mm -hmm. my time, even you know. While I was working in the casino, um, that was my passion. On the weekends, you know, we work, we work five, six, sometimes seven days a week. Um, and uh, I would literally, on the weekends before I had to work, I would just go in and drive around town and look at real estate. Like back in like 06, 07. It's a kind of retirement for you, retirement job, yes. Well, it's How a lot long less have you stress. been in the casino industry? I spent 18 years. Wow, that's yeah, a long time. And what years. age, actually, 2019, what age you came out, actually? Uh, for good, I, you know, I, I left for good. I was 30, uh, God, 39. 39? Yeah. Wow. For good. Okay, so then. Burnt out. Burnt out yeah. completely in the corporate life. <laughs> I will tell you this, though. You How know, did you like it, the corporate life? You know, when, when you're young and, and ambitious and naive, you, you know, all that goes together and it's great. But, you know, as you, as you, as you advance your career, um, as you put a lot of time into it and you see that some of the results are different for everyone else. And, um, you know, the casino business, it's still, it's still a boys club. Any way you look at it, it's still a boys club. If you're in the club, that's, yeah, good. that's good. If you're not in the club, you're going to have a tough time. Yeah. Um, so was there any time during your employment with the, any casinos, actually, you felt that possibly I have to get the lawyer to negotiate some deals for me or get me out of here or they did something wrong to me, these casinos or my employers? You know, when they give you these contracts, they say, take your time, look at them, have your lawyer review them. It's but not really, negotiable. Right. But <laughs> it's really like, hey, sign this thing now or this is not going to be good for you. So, yeah, um, it, I, I didn't get to that point because I kind of knew where my bread was buttered. For, for the most part, um, and really that contract's not changing. So, oh, okay, so, so yeah. you just signed it without consulting the lawyer, yes? Pretty much, you know, um, it's, it's job security. Those, those deals are usually three-year three, three year terms, um, and I was fortunate enough, you know, back in 08, when the recession was going on, yeah. you were lucky to keep your job, you were lucky to get a raise, and if you got a contract, you better thank. I was lucky thick. to go to law school at that time because there was no job, actually. Right, exactly, exactly. Yeah, so to your point. Um, I changed my career because of the recession. Oh, what were you doing? I, I was a material science engineering, actually, oh, wow. and, actually, and then I decided to go to law and I started studying at the UNLV. Wow. In 2010, I took some pre-laws. Actually, I already had my bachelor in engineering, and I went to paralegal school. I tested the water. And then I came out, actually, and then said, okay, I can be a lawyer, so let's go to the law school. Wow. I went to law school at UNLV, University of Nevada, Las Vegas. I finished my law school instead of the three years to two year and a half. I clerked for the judge, actually, intern, extern, and the work for a year. And then I started litigation, business litigation, and then I opened up my own firm in California and Nevada. Wow. Actually, personal injury, mostly civil litigation and sometimes business litigation. So with that being said, I have a question for you. So yeah. uh, you kind of... It hit the nail on the head where I wanted to talk to you about today. Um, I always thought, found law very fascinating, right? Like, uh, before I went for um, hospitality management to, 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 school, to UNLV as well, I went to a college counselor and I tested and they said, okay, you have two choices. You can either go to a hospitality management Absolutely. or lawyer. 
Oh, really? Right? They said this is this is where you're going to excel. You have a good customer service and a good uh, uh, clients talk. assessment and the clients actually handling your skills. And I love and I love to talk and I, love, and I just like to argue. Wow. Right, like if, if I'm That's not cool. right, I'm gonna I'm gonna under, I wanna wanna know why I'm not so right. So it's not late. It's still you can. Yeah, listen, go. I've been thinking about it. Don't, uh, yeah. don't kid yourself. <laughs> <laughs> and after this experience, which I wanted to actually get your opinion on, on is, you know, I was in a pretty serious car accident. Um, literally right when I got back from L.A. and and I in just, 2019, um, I was, it was, um, well, I gone back from L.A. I was in between real estate and and um, the casino business, and yeah. literally right. This, this road right here is Sunset. I got yes. into a pretty nasty car accident right here, um, right on the 215 in Sunset. Um, the girl ran two red lights, blew wow. through the light. Being drunk? She was Hi. texting. Texting. Oh, texting. man, that's worse. Right? So, like, there wasn't, yeah, the, she wasn't drunk. Um, they, they checked for everything. So, you know, after it came out that uh, that's what the culprit was, it wasn't that, you know, there, there, obviously there's negligence with texting, negligence, right? Yes. But there wasn't, you know, she wasn't drunk, she wasn't high, she wasn't this, she, but she did run the red light. So long story short is, um, you know, they, they cleared me at the scene. You know, we had witnesses saying it wasn't him, it was her. You know, she T-boned me, I spun around, I went into a light pole. Oh man, it was a huge impact. Oh yeah, I'll show you, I'll show you this pic. Yeah, they, you know, they were su surprised that I survived. Right. Wow. Um, but look, this girl was in her early 20s, 22, I think 23. She lived at home, um, had like an hourly job. So uh, when we went to assess the accident, um, her insurance was the, at that time the state minimum, which was 25,000. Right now it's 50. Right. Um, and I had my, my I had my underinsured motors, which I had just lowered from 250 to 100. Oh my God. <laughs> so I start going through the process. You, know you how don't know when you are going to use that coverage. That's the reason you have to always have in Vegas. Always you have to have a good coverage for uninsured motors yeah. because some people are tourists. Some of them are wearing other people's car that is not registered or they are not having insurance. Yep. And always you have to have that good uninsured motorist because if such a thing happens, at least you can get compensated for your injuries and your loss of income and other yeah. damages that you incur actually. But sometimes people think about the 50 bucks per month lower or 20 bucks yeah. lower and they change it. Yep. And that's the time that the accident happens. Kick myself exactly. every day. Yeah. I took it back up since, but that doesn't do me. It, didn't do me any good for then. Hopefully, if it doesn't happen in the future, you know, it's there. But, yeah, I kicked myself. That's good. What happened? Did you get the lawyer? So, look, I, I, I had a lawyer. You know, this town is, is everyone's got a Full friend. Of lawyers, yeah, yeah, right? And so, you know, Billboards. I have a, <laughs> All and, around. And everyone knows someone. And don't worry, we're going to take care of you. Uh, so, you know, I have a family member that's still in the casino business. Um, I got them a job uh, because when I got to Bellagio, this... Uh, they had reported to me, mm -hmm. <laughs> so I had to go yeah, find them another job. <laughs> so, so this person's still in it. So, anyways, uh, they have a, a good, good client customer that's an attorney. Um, don't worry, let's we'll take care of it. So I meet with them. Um, long story short, is a you know I ended up not using them because yeah, I looked at it, I talked to some of my, I have another friend that's an adjuster and I showed her the pictures and I explained to her I was like, listen, this policy is twenty five. I have a hundred. Like clearly they're gonna give. I'm gonna get twenty five from them and a hundred from mine, but like. Can I get any more? Like, do I need an attorney? You know, like, is there more to get? Can you get water out of a You rack? asked the adjuster? Well, I, well, I know I asked her. <laughs> of like, course, they are saying that you don't need an adjuster. Well, she was, a, she was not for the insurance company. She was a, like a friend. Oh, right? like but a friend. I just asked it. I asked her of, hey, am I, is there any chance of not collecting the full hundred? She's like, no, you're going to get all of it. Right. Like, t t t tell them you want the full amount. Right. So, you know, did I make a mistake by yes, not using you made the attorney? A mistake, definitely. They are not going to pay you if you're not showing the evidence to them. But could I have gotten more? Like if I if I sued her, you know, can you? Could I? Who would I have sued? Could I have gotten more? I collected as much as I could from both policies. 
Yeah. Like, was there more out there? Did I leave low tr- low hanging fruit on the tree that I could have sued? And where could who could I have sued? What year was it? Uh, well, this was this was 2000. Um, it was March 31st, 2018. 2018. It depends because some people they have a minimum policy because they don't have any right. asset. Yes. Right. Yes. But sometimes with the minimum policy, they are working for someone. They are within a scope of employment. Then the employer policy comes in. Mm. Usually, if you want to sell the case with the twenty-five thousand dollar minimum policy, you have to ask them to execute affidavit for you or ask for an examination under oath that they don't have any other employers they were not acting within a scope they were not talking to someone because if he was she was talking and getting direction from the employer to go somewhere mm-hmm. how do you know mm-hmm. yes and the employer was on the hook because she was on the, what time it happened during the timeline and sometimes they are working for uber delivery pizza yeah. or something you don't know yeah. what they are doing yeah that's the reason that it's a job of the lawyer to make sure that there is no other resources to recover your damages actually so Yes, possibly guy, you could get it, and possibly you should have given some part to the lawyer, but it was necessary. But you don't know really right now that you lost money or not because you never tested it, never asked them to give you the declaration of the no other assets or the not in the scope of work or something like I mean, that. So, so here... Here's where we we're at. So I, I met with them multiple times, right? The lawyers. And the lawyers? This is oh, another question. okay. You had a lawyer, yeah. Yeah, I did. But I, I said, listen, I don't need you guys because I'm getting 25 and I'm getting 100. Like, you know, are you going to get me any more money? And they couldn't say, oh, yes, we need to go to trial or we need to go, we're going to get X amount more. Mm-hmm. I get, clearly, a lawyer's not going to say, I'm going to get you half a million dollars because right? then they put Because you don't know. You can't, right. As a lawyer, you can't guarantee outcome because you don't know the facts. You don't right. know the policies. You don't know the assets. There is nothing that yep. you can tell exactly. So what's I, your question exactly? Well, about so, that? well, well, because, you know, in your opinion, did I F up and leave? You know, was there I, I guess I'll give you some more of the background. She was 1030 in the morning. Mm-hmm. She was coming home from her job. She was a housekeeper. She was 22 years old. She lived with her parents at home in an apartment. So I assess that as there is nothing more to get. There is no nothing more. And possibly your assessment was correct. But always you have to cross all the T's and the dot all the I's. Yes. You have to get that page because later you find out is late yeah yes yeah but thank god that it didn't happen to you yes yeah. if you would have found out actually that he she was working for someone or she was working for uber for working for yeah. any other company's delivery or something or the postmate or something then you say holy moly i missed the opportunity because i didn't get the fair compensation for my injuries yes so but now you yeah. don't know. You are in suspense. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> suspense actually is what happened. Well, exactly. I look, I, I, it wasn't like I made a decision in, in a couple of weeks. We went through the, the motions and it was probably a month and a half into it. Um, and the lawyer hadn't even gone and got the um, copy of the police report yet. Right. They hadn't they hadn't looked at it yet. I'm like, what are you guys doing? Like, you know, is that a, is that a reasonable time? Should they have already looked at it? I yeah. went and got a copy of myself, by the way. That's how I'm pretty anal. Usually the lawyers, they do it. We do it. And we download the cameras on the street, actually intersections as well to secure the evidence, because the job of the lawyer at that stage is an investigation. Yeah. OK. To gather the evidence and make sure that all the evidence are secure. Yes. One of the evidence at that accident was possibly the EDR, actually electronic data recorder of that other car if there was a disputed liability because if there was disputing the liability then you need to know how fast the yeah she was going when the uh, airbag deployed we had all and that it, you had all that that's but, why yeah but it's recorded in the edr yeah. of the vehicle because the bigger accident like this you have to secure the evidence because you don't know how much the limit or 
how much recovery is going to be and how whether they are going to dispute the liability or not. Because the police conclusion is after the fact. This is the late... This is the police that coming in and saying such a thing, and later they can retract it. Yes, based on the evidence. Could they have? They could have? Yeah, always they can. And the police uh, decision as to who is at fault is not always determinative for the jury because you can discredit the police officers. Say you made a mistake in determination. Do you agree? Sometimes in the position right. they come up with that. Sure, sure. They say, yeah, possibly is right. And they retract their liability conclusion yes yeah, yeah. and they and the, it doesn't come into an evidence and the jury finds in the favor of the other party so right. the uh, that the job of the lawyer at the beginning of the case is to secure the evidence and preserve the evidence yes and see evaluate the case to see that there is no harm at the in the future as to the, for the client yes sure, sure like the casinos if someone falls at the casino what we send right away we send the preservation of evidence as to the cameras even though the oh, yeah. casinos they have recorded and they save it for a year or two years they have a retention policy for a long yeah. time i think they tell yes. you one thing but it's there it's there always <laughs> they keep it yes but it's still it's still you have to send it because if you don't send it later they can say oh we deleted by mistake sure okay especially in that market case that the video security camera in that case in the back room actually was miraculously deleted what do you know yes <laughs> that was the beat up actually happened yeah, yes right so that's a reason but that's a one of the winning point of that case that it was a security camera apparently sure. if i remember correctly yeah. that was deleted and the jury was instructed to infer that it was them uh uh against their interest actually oh uh, like, that's like why is it not here anymore yeah it's not here anymore yes they call it a spoliation of evidence rule okay yes. okay so that's the reason that's the job of the lawyer at the beginning whoever that did it possibly did a good job in that case sure. has to preserve the evidence make sure that there are cameras and they inspected that there were cameras and they proved it to the judge they deleted it yes they <laughs> should be something <laughs> here yeah right right that's the reason you need the lawyer Okay, not always because they take the money or one third or 40 percent or something. Right. Out of it. And always you can negotiate those as well. The lawyers, some of them, they are negotiable, especially if you're a friend. Also, you could tell them, say, charge me less and please do this investigation for me. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> you <laughs> always you can negotiate, yes. But yeah. some lawyers they don't, but some lawyers they do. Yeah, okay? they told me I was getting a special deal and it was 30% instead of uh, 33%. percent <laughs> yeah, but it depends. If it's my family friend or something, I don't charge. Yeah, right, I don't sure. Know what I mean? Or they charge 20%. Right. I don't know. Time but it depends money. on the case, yes. If it needs to go to litigation and fight it, yeah, definitely you charge your litigation fees. Sure. But it depends. It's a common sense. How much money is available for the client to make it? Well, that's so. That was my question. That's what I looked at. I said, "Listen, there's a buck twenty-five at stake here for, mm -hmm. for my accident. If I got a, if it's thirty percent prior to litigation, forty percent if we go to litigation. If I can't get more than a buck twenty-five, why am I paying forty percent nonetheless? Thirty percent. Yes, it doesn't make sense. So exactly. Not, and you got your money. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Got, that's good. Like you I mean, went to the hospital. Yes. <laughs> so your yeah. hospital bills possibly was enough actually for yeah. fifty thousand, sixty thousand dollars. in yeah, no. it was serious because you know we had to go to trauma center because you you well you know yeah where, so maybe trauma center they're just scanning sending you out is a fifty sixty thousand dollar to test everything and they do a yeah. scan for the subdural hematoma or other you name it every I mean everything, everything and yes. you know how it goes and maybe some people that are listening you know they'll understand is in, a, in an accident I think anything over thirty five miles per hour that um, if one person goes to trauma you all have to go to the same hospital. Wow. That's what I was told here. So we and all had to go think, to UMC. Based on what some people say, some people or the defense lawyers, they sometimes say, 
hey, 35 miles or 30 miles, it doesn't uh, cause, or 20 miles oh. doesn't cause any injuries to the person. Yes? You, yeah. And sometimes doesn't cause visual damages to the car, but it's major blow to your neck and the back. Yeah. Yes? Yeah. You went through this. Yeah. Yes? And, yeah. So you can tell it from your experience that 35 it's a lot. A, yes. A lot. Uh, I mean, that, that, that pounds per square inch pressure or however they calculate it is intense when, when two forces are going like that yes. and, and one comes to you from the sides. Yeah, side. vertical. Yeah, it's yes. a different impact, right? And I mean, she spent me spinning into the pole, bounced off. I had another car. There was three cars involved in this thing. And to your point, I had some severe, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, I ended up having um, a chest tooth contusion, shoulder contusion, MCL damage, ACL damage, lower spine damage. And you are still, you are under treatment possibly in the future, you need more surgeries. Yes. Correct. Right. And this is, these are the things that the, if there was a more resources for your case, possibly, yep. Yep. these are the things that the jury is going to decide for you. Yes. Yep. We are going to present it to the jury, say what you need in the future, even though you are not getting a surgery now, but within a five years, because of the ACL tear and instability of your knee and the meniscus tear is going to be an, another surgery or yeah. the knee replacement is possibly needed because of the cartilage is gone or something. So these are the things that um, the lawyers are going to tell you and to prove it for you in sure. front of the jury. But in your case, there was no resources to recover yeah. from and it was and you were the smart person. You didn't just want to give the attorney's fees. That's good, but still you don't know right. that you have. properly investigated the claim. Yes, right. that possibly is worth to give the client, the lawyer, to some extent to investigate it for you to make sure that there is no other resources. Sure. Exactly. Sure. Because there are some laws that even if you are on the phone talking to your employer, that's within a scope of employment. Possibly she was off, but she was talking to the employer to say that where she put this stuff on exactly, right. and she was distracted by that. Then good that point. was the employer's liability. Sure. Yes. Good point. Yeah. So how it comes to the light, usually by asking examination under oath or under what you were talking, who you were talking to over the phone. Yeah. And then you take it the position of that person and say, yeah, we were talking about the missing stuff at work that she left and you didn't know. That's yeah. the scope of employment. So sure. the liability becomes established as to the employer and it's going to be a scope and you're going to kick in another million dollar policy of the general policy, general liability policy that could cover your future expenses here. Yeah. So still you don't know, you think that you did the smart thing, possibly you did the smart thing. I'm just speculating. Sure, sure, yes. of course. But I'm giving you the worst scenario that what could happen actually by hiring a lawyer at that point. Right. Yes. So you cannot blame yourself, but you made a decision based on the fact that it was Correct. Available to you at that moment. Right. Now, possibly, if you get into an accident, you say, Sam, what should I do? Yes. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's completely yeah. That's completely different now. You have a different perspective what the role of the lawyer at the beginning of the case is exactly. Yeah, because this has bothered me for, you know, ever since, really, I settled, right? And, and everyone's like, how much did you get? They thought I got millions. I'm like, because they looked at me, they look at the car, yeah. look at my bodily injury. I mean, until... The future necessary yeah. uh, treatment that you need exactly. Yeah. Until a couple months ago, I had back, you know, and I had back issues. You know, the guy next door fixed it. You know, I mean, thankfully for for, for, for John and, and Ron. I mean, you know, but to that point, you know, medication and and therapy. I mean, it was and still going. Thank God that you had the health insurance. If you didn't have health insurance, what oh, you could do? Imagine. Yes, and imagine. the most of the people they don't have health insurance, and some. Times they say, oh, why the health insurance is not paying for it? They say because the jury is irrelevant. Yes, <laughs> having a health insurance and not having insurance is irrelevant in determination of the juries 
as to what the future treatment is and who is going to pay. Yeah. Yes. They are not allowed to take a look at the insurance and the possibility of having a health insurance in the future. Interesting. Yeah, that's a collateral source rule in the evidence, actually, that it says just ignore any insurance evidence. Don't ask about it. You are not allowed to know this person has insurance, health insurance, or the other party is in completely insured oh, wow. up to 20 million or 5 million or something. You have to make a decision as to liability and extent of the damages. That's it. Period. Period. And, and you don't in. take into any liability, oh, this, this person defendant is going to be bankrupt. It's not your business. You have to determine the value of the case and the liability for right. yourself. And whether wow. he has a health insurance, who paid for it? No, it's not your job to know. You have to go take a look at the damages and afford the, uh, uh, award the damages. <laughs> Sam, That's you're hitting a, everything. Yeah. <laughs> this is, I mean, whoever listens to this, I think they're going to be like, God damn, that was me too. I didn't have health insurance until three months before that car accident. <laughs> yeah, some, but most of the people, they don't have health insurance. And we help them to get the treatments, actually, on the lean basis. Yeah, lean, yeah. It means a by contract for postponement. Like the lawyers, like a contingency fee, but they just get paid anyway. But right. uh, it's a client's responsibility. But they postpone it till we get the money. So it actually. comes out of the settlement. Out right? of the settlement, the total yeah. settlement. The, all of them comes out of the settlement. But that's a... Some people and the defense lawyers, they try to say that, oh, it's, uh, they did on the lean basis, the doctor has a motivation. Okay, what's the alternative? The, doc, the person just go and borrow cash out of the credit card? Right. <laughs> okay, so the doctor is in this business, actually, and put it on the lean and are taking the risk, yes? And they have an interest in the outcome of the case? Yes, they sure. have an interest. But at the same time, look at the pros of it. They are providing the services on the lean basis to the person that doesn't have health insurance. Yes, and injured as a result of the incident. Otherwise, how he could get the treatments. Sure, sure. And they use it against who? The plaintiff. They say, and ask the doctor. They say, hey, do you have an interest in the outcome? Okay, do you carry a lien in this case? Okay. And then you are biased, yes? Wow. They are allowed to do it because sure. it goes to the bias of the doctors that they have an interest in the outcome of the case. But some juries, they, if, if you have a good lawyer, are going to be explained. It doesn't matter. Don't listen to that. That's another way of the recovery is another form of the payment. Ultimately, the client is going to be responsible for it regardless right. of the outcome. The doctor just postponed it. Got it. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Don't consider that. Yeah. Yes. And some juries, they understand it. Some, they don't. They say, oh, this doctor is charging that much. Yeah. You know, he's on the limit. Yeah. He's waiting for it for three years to get paid. Right. Right. Come on. In that time frame. And there is no interest on it. Okay. Right. right. And they have to charge something more, a little bit more than the cash value. Yeah. Yes. Because there's a lot of work on it. Yeah. So that's the thing that still, I don't know right. what happened in your case. <laughs> yes. I'm telling you what could happen and what. Yeah. wouldn't happen but i cannot have a solid answer for you either way to say that you did a good job not to give in to your lawyer or hire a lawyer or not what? i don't know <laughs> how about really this? i don't know <laughs> how about this part it, you'll, you'll appreciate this one maybe tell me if it borders on the lines of, of uh, uh, unethical or not um so i told them i didn't need them anymore right the lawyers mm -hmm. we had a couple meetings yes was it a lot not a lot i went and got my own copy of the police report um we did we, we went over it together uh, so the reason I'm, I'm explaining these things is next thing you know, there's a lien put against me from the lawyer. Didn't tell me, 
didn't say, oh, by the way, you owe us twenty eight hundred. It showed up on the check. Yes, then it showed to you yes. at your door. Yeah, when I got the twenty five payable from, to you and the law firm. Here's a bet, Sam. They had already taken their cut out, so I I didn't know I had a lien against me. No idea. They didn't tell me you owe us X amount. I get my check from the uh, progressive was the other the. Uh, at fault participant, uh, I get twenty five thousand from them, but I didn't get twenty five. It's like twenty three and change. I'm like, where's the rest of this money? And they go, oh, your lawyer had it taken out. They were not allowed to take it out without your consent. They should have a send a check, and then you can negotiate with that lien actually with your lawyer. Actually, yeah. So usually, that's a change what? actually for those cases, but. And still, they should have not done it because right. recently the laws changed. You have to send a certified registered mail receipt requested actually for perfecting the attorney's lien. Ah. Now, if it's not, then you don't have a priority as an attorney in a case to get paid even before the hospital and the client can challenge that lien. When did and that so go in effect? It was a two, three years ago, I think. I that, yeah, <laughs> I think. And it should have been done actually. And we do it all the time. And we warn the client actually, hey, be careful. Something is coming to you is not extra, but yeah. the law requires us to tell you exactly we take one third and the 40%. Sure. And it should be by certified registered mail. It's not extra. Okay. It scares the clients off, but we give them a heads up and say, hey, it's coming in, but we have to perfect our lien. Right. Otherwise, our lien is not going to be perfected. We are not going to get paid. For example, hospital is, has a priority over us if we don't do it. Neither you or me as a law firm get paid before the hospital. Everyone gets actually the same line actually to get the money out of the right, settlement right, right. if there is a limited resources and the money available to the everyone. Sure, sure. Yes. That's a reason. So lawyers, they have their own problems as well. It's not something that easy. They say lawyers, they make easy money. Sometimes oh, yeah. we lose money sometimes. But not always, yes. But yeah. the overall should be making money. You are in the business of the brokership. Some deals are not perfect. Yeah. Some deals are perfect, yes. That's the same situation, yes. Sometimes you have to reduce your fees, actually. Happened to, a lot it last happened year. Happened a lot last year <laughs> because it's so competitive and people, they want to buy it and get the, some cash bags or something. You got it. Yes, and competing with the Redfin, actually, is giving a cash back to everyone you in the industry. It. Yes, <laughs> I know this industry. <laughs> Yeah, so <laughs> the same thing with the lawyer. But always reducing the fees in the lawyer field is not good. Let me tell you what. And I don't know how much time we have, but... You finish uh, up on this. And yeah. then uh, let me tell you, some lawyers try to lure in the uh, clients by reducing their fees with the tricks. Yes, they say, oh, if you come in, we just charge you 20%. And after six months, if it stays, it's 25%. If it goes <laughs> to the litigation, is the 35. It goes to the 60 days prior to the trial, is 45. Yes, there are a different kind of the thing. Don't get hooked up on those fees on the paper. Really, ultimately, they cannot guarantee how much you are going to get. It's right. illegal. Sure, because sure. I can tell you how much I take, but I cannot tell you how much you take. Because whatever that is left after my attorney's fees is between you and your doctors and the hospitals or the people that not got paid yet. So who gets paid first, the attorney? The attorney gets paid if they perfected their liens the way that I told you. Yes, recently. Otherwise, no, they have to wait in, in line, line in line with the other people. Even the clients possibly doesn't get paid sometimes. Is it, is it order? So if they didn't perfect the lien, is it an order of... Um, Perfect lien, it means that it should be registered, certified, mailed to the all parties, including your own clients. It should be received, received, actually, and you have to put it in your file and show it that it was 
by the certified mail. Right. So they, <laughs> if they didn't do that, does it go? Does the distribution of the of the settlement go in the order of the, the that it actually took? Yeah, they took the attorney's fees first, and the cost of the litigation. Actually, sometimes uh, we advance cost. Actually, yeah, and then the rest goes to the medical providers or and the clients. And when we get the low, actually, and the medical providers, we negotiate sometimes yeah. as to the hospitals because hospitals getting charging sixty thousand dollars. Sometimes they are greedy and they don't back off. And we have to interpret the funds to the court. And the court decides how much the medical providers and the clients get. Interesting. Yes. Well. Sometimes it happens because they are greedy. And the insurance adjusters say, no, they are not going to charge. And say, yeah, they are going to ask for the full amount of the bill. Yeah, yeah. I yes. went through some of that. I did. I, I negotiated with the hospital. Too. If you are not having health insurance, the bills comes at your door is sixty thousand okay. dollars. Yeah. If you have a health insurance, the bills comes at your door is twenty five thousand yeah. dollars, and you pay two thousand dollars. Yes, and they assert the lien is still sometimes the health insurance for ten thousand dollars against your case. Yeah, Sam, you're good. Those so, all those figures were it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know how they do at UMC and the other hospitals. Yeah. Exactly, and uh, we had that issue, and we learned in hard way that we lost the attorney's fees because we didn't receive the that blue and the receipt actually right. from the client and say oh it's not perfected wow and say no you have to go wait in line like us as a hospital yeah we we have our challenges as well sure sure <laughs> yeah 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 wow well i mean i could go on you know i could i could do this for a couple of hours because i have so many questions for you but i know you know maybe maybe you have me back again and we can go yeah sure yeah. but still i don't know you did a <laughs> good job <laughs> actually not to pay that lawyer to investigate more for you or not i really don't yeah. know <laughs> that's something thank you anyway for coming on my show actually sex lies and the lawyers and uh my name is sam hidari and thank you for coming in yeah thank you, you. thank you have a great day Bye.